Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live here at Gunnar Nordstrom's Gallery in the heart of downtown Bellevue, social epicenter. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with co-host Jason Rendon of Seattle Wine Exchange. Hello. Today we are today's show is brought to you by Chocolate Shop Wine and Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. By art, it makes you feel better. And we're chatting successful events and following up with the much-publicized Fifty Shades of Grey party that happened last week at the Columbia Tower. Exciting. A fun and fascinating event with um, a lot of unexpected surprises. So we have um, Anna and Christian, quote-unquote, of the event calling in, as well as Tracy Klinkroth, organizer of the event. Um, of course, we'll be going over our socially acceptable and unacceptable and hints as well. So if you find that we say something interesting and want to join in the conversation, please give us a call at 323-843-6090, and we will try to get you on air. That's right. How are you doing? Mr. Jason, I mean, granted it was through torrential downfalls that we had oh, to, yeah. <laughs> Woke up to the, get here. It's like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, <sighs> oh, my gosh, just driving in here, I felt like I mean, oh, yeah. it's dark, it's rainy, it's going, rain, rain was sideways. It's winter. I love that. Well, they're getting tr- great snow up there in the mountains. Okay, but there's no pretty snow down here. No, just wet and rain. I would feel much better if there was pretty white stuff everywhere. Yeah. Then it'd be cold. It is cold now. I know. It's very cold now. That's why we're inside and we're talking about how to plan events. I like it very much so. so. Warm. And speaking of events, you know, we're down here, like I said, at Gunnar mm-hmm. Nordstrom's Gallery, and uh, they have the businesses down here have created Snowflake Lane, and that's going to be starting at 7 they o'clock do. when we end the show. So if you hear a bunch of commotion at the very end, that will be all the drummers that have kicked into play. Yeah, it's exciting to see it. I, we walked in there and it's like, wow, what is all this going on? They really, really did. Outstanding work, you know, around here, setting it up to be entertaining. They did. Every night from uh, the night of uh, Black Friday, mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, all the way through New Year's, I believe it is, they do um, Snowflake Lane at 7 o'clock, and it actually snows. Granted, it's fake snow, thank goodness, but uh, they have drummers, and everybody's like a little mini parade. It's you know where it fun. also fake snows? Where? Outside of Hotel 1000. I did not know that. Yeah. It's really weird, because sometimes, you know, some visitors will walk by, you know, and, and go, all of a sudden it starts snowing on them. <laughs> you know, and, and they all look out thinking it's like the window wipers. It's like a Peanuts, Peanuts, yeah. a Peanuts movie where it's just raining on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would throw me off. That would really throw me off. So, you know what we got? We got the, uh, will we start off our show with a little tasting? First one out of the shop, and it's one of our favorite sponsors, Chocolate Shop Sparkling uh, Wine. It tastes like chocolate. It's red, be- beautiful ruby red color. It's very fun. I am so excited mm-hmm. to have them as a sponsor for the holidays. We oh, get to yeah. drink this at every single show and every single we event. We do. Oh. I'm very excited. What do you think? Good? She, she, yeah. Of course. We got one of our, our uh, participants here. She's tasting it. She's going to tell us after she, she gets off the iPhone. Well, no, she's being technical technical right now. What I think is so fun about it is, especially for sparkling wine, a lot of people, when they first saw it, the first time we opened it at one of our events, mm-hmm. everybody's like, it's red. I know it's not the traditional dark chocolate milk looking style. No, no. And it's for a sparkling wine, you know, you most of the time you automatically think, you know, this is pretty clear or kind of pale yes. pinkish. And this is a beautiful red. So it's very much fun for the holidays. Create a different ambiance and look at the table. Uh, it is definitely good. And... Um I have a, I have a recipe I learned on how to do a chocolate wine 
I tried it once. It came out okay. Ooh. So you take regular red wine, like a nice hearty Malbec, something that's got some alcohol content in it. Uh-huh. And this is the recipe I did. And then I took uh, uh, not sweetened chocolate, but just regular semi-sweet chocolate, uh-huh. melted it down, and then blend it together, strain it, and then drink it. So it's just it's like ratio would be like uh, a fourth of a cup to a bottle of wine. Huh. It seemed, uh, it seemed to be okay. I mean, granted, it seems like is, it would be much better just to go buy a bottle of chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to try it. You know, <laughs> I love it. And the other thing that I worked on was uh, looking at possible what could you do with leftover chocolate shop wine. Oh so, yeah, so I was going to ask you to do some recipes for our listeners right. so we could come up with some fun things and and make it different and special. Yeah, so uh, this is going to be a weird pairing, but you take some old raspberries and macerate, which means to let them soak in it. Uh-huh. Take them out. You do have to add a little bit more sugar because the tartness in raspberries. There's not enough sugar? <laughs> no, no. It, it coats it. That's that little, you know, it's a liquid. Mm-hmm. And it's really tasty. The next thing I want to try to do, which I haven't done yet because we usually don't have any chocolate sparkling wine left over. It's gone. I know. It's always is gone. to reduce some in a pan and then serve it with uh, lamb or oh. chicken. Because remember, lamb and chicken do really well, well with, with moly sauce. Yeah. Because oh, the chocolate my gosh. That moly, would be you know? very cool. And then oh, I totally want to try this now. One last thing. And this is kind of the fringe, which I did this the other day. I made chili, and I added uh, cocoa to it. So I got a moly um, taste to it. Oh. So I thought about this. I wonder what the raspberry do. Maybe Now, that's a fringe thing, but we'll see. You know. Love it. I'd like to experiment. Thank you so much, Jason. Creating fun things with all of oh, our yeah. fabulous wine sponsors. Okay, so as usual, socially savvy hints. We like to kind of start the show off in this direction because, you know, obviously as we get farther and farther into the show, the opinions get a little bit stronger. Um, So we start off a little subtle in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, With uh, successful events being our topic and following up with the Fifty Shades of Grey event that was dynamic and fantastic fun. uh, My socially savvy hint is assume your event will be a success and plan for flow of full turnout. Flow. Of Very full important. turnout. Because I think a lot of us go, okay, well, I've invited, you know, a thousand people. I have, you know, 45 people who have RSVP'd. I have another 25 right. maybe. So I may have 30 people that show up. Mm-hmm. Well, if your capacity is at 50 to 100 people and you don't plan for that, that's going to hurt. Yes. Now, food-wise, you could be a little bit more discriminating with, but I think just for the flow of the event, you want to assume that whatever you're planning for, you're covered uh, so that the guests and yourself Plan can enjoy the evening. Plan for 10 to 15% over on food. You Why? should. From, from RSVPs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you, now, and this is why people, we always talk about how important it is to RSVP oh, because yes. this is a standard of industry that you do. You only plan for 10 to 15% mm-hmm. of food over who has RSVP'd yes. That yes. does not include the maybes. That is the yeses. So yes. it's imperative that if you are a maybe or you decide that you can go, within that 48 to 72 hours before the event, you RSVP yes so that they can plan accordingly. Or That would be socially acceptable to do. Yes. Or be understanding if there's not enough food, don't come in and start complaining about them not being enough food. Yeah. Be sure if when you put on... Wow, a- I got harsh fast. <laughs> oh, well, no. Events are really tie up, and I put on events. You put on events. You know, our friend uh, Renessa's put on events. Tracy's put on events. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. And you know, the fact they put it in, you know, us on the sidelines, we can kind of go, oh, I do that different. I do that different. I have actually got an event on Thursday. I'm putting on for a uh, uh, a company or organization. You know, it's for a hundred people. We're doing it at a house. I went and looked at the house on Sunday. Looked at where the flow is. Where would we put the food? Where would we put the wine? 
And then, you know, my I, I could go on and on about successful events. And I think we'll probably transgress until the actual putting on a successful event is uh, can't stress more than can't stress enough. Need to have checklist. Start from the top all the way down. So you have a checklist of flow, checklist of food, checklist of equipment. That's you, always helpful. There's a lot of times a lot of people go, oh, I, I forgot I the forgot mixing that. bowl. <laughs> yeah. You always hear that. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> Rubber gloves, towels, oh. trash bags. I guess uh, we'll go with the The back of the emergency stuff. Yes, I'll go with the hint. So before we go into the other one, is my hint is start with the checklist. Uh, All doctors, all flights, all anything that's crucial, life-threatening, smoothness. I would even, uh, when Tracy comes, I'm going to ask her, if you're listening, Tracy, I'm going to ask you, you know, what kind of checklist did you have? You know, and I almost almost guarantee that all good event people have a checklist. No, it may not be on a clipboard with a pen and pencil, but it's an email or it's in you know, sticky notes or it's in their iPhone or your iPad. Yeah, I would agree. I love it. Okay, see here. Chocolate Shop Wine, purveyor of all things chocolate, has six, used to be five, but six different flavors to choose from. Chocolate red wine, cream de cocoa, chocolate strawberry, chocolate mint, sparkling chocolate red wine, and the new almond roca. Go to chocolateshopwine.com to find them and enter promotion code CHOCOLATESS to get free shipping. Coupons good through December 31st. Yes. I like their wines. They're pretty good. I do. They have fabulous fun. I mean, if you're looking for a wine that is a uh, conversation stopper or conversation getter or or starter, uh, it's a a good one. You put it on Mm -hmm. the table because a lot of people haven't seen it or they're like, I've seen it. What does that taste like? So, fun stuff. So... Successful events that we're at. Yes. We're going to be talking, chatting successful events, and um, we're going to have Tracy Klinkroff, who's going to be calling in here in just a little bit. But um, we want to talk a little bit about this because with the holidays, there are so many events that go on. And we're talking anything from, you know, a party of maybe 6 to 12 up mm-hmm. to 6 to 1,200. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some friends who've thrown parties that have had 22 to 2,500 people show up. Um, you know what? What makes those successful? What is it that you need to put into play to have a successful event, whether it be five people or twenty five hundred people? It's a, it's having put on quite a number of events since I was a, you know, seventeen years old. Put on back in the day raves, you know. <laughs> I just I just have a really hard time seeing you put on raves. <laughs> it was wild, you know. <laughs> you know uh, me and a friend we uh, rented out a warehouse. And put on a rave, and you know, always been putting on events ever since. Whether it's dinner parties or it's uh, couples parties or whatever, you know, New Year's Eve. I think it starts at the top, and you know, it's always one of those lessons learned. But yet, you always will still do more. Know your partner. Most good successful events happen well, but sometimes your partner may not work well. Yeah, I've had multiple partners that are like, one is okay. I know your role. And I think for me, a very successful means okay, you're going to take care of these four items, and I'm going to take care of these four items. Being organized. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. I, I, and that's one of the things I don't think that you can emphasize enough. It can be really tricky to try to, if, especially if it's the first time you've done an event, I highly mm-hmm. suggest teaming up with somebody, uh, buy them a glass of wine, buy them a bottle of wine, I don't know, buy them dinner. Uh, but get pick their brain if they've done events so that, number one, it takes the pressure off of you, and number two, you get some of that information so you don't feel like you're missing out or feel like you're right. missing things. 
There's a lot of uh, people that we know that are in the Seattle area uh, that do put on events, and I guarantee you, well, I won't guarantee you, but I would say pretty self to say that if you, just like you said, buy them a drink, get them a happy hour, and say, hey, you know, I'm putting on this event, I could use your idea. And it'd be hard-pressed for anybody. Seattle, you know, may have a cold shoulder town in a way, but they always want to talk about their events. They want to know, you know, they, they want to talk about what they just did. You know, it's always, you know, need to do. I say if you're going to do anything less than, uh, we'll go 40 people, that's usually small enough. Yeah, you may not need a checklist, but you do need to, you know, look at your food, you know, break it up into sections. Where is it going to be in your venue? Where's the flow? Parking. Right, and then your next is who you're going to invite. What are those kind of people like? Then you've got your food and drink. Now, you can break that into two, you know, depending on what you're drinking, food and drink, and then you got cleanup. And a lot of times it's don't wait till the, the end day to do it. You know, uh, my event, I started today. I already ordered the wine. Food will be ready here on Wednesday. That's perfect. I already looked at the event. Um, I'm not handling the invitation, thankfully. Uh, someone else's. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah. Well, and that's a good point, too. Um, recognize what you what you are capable of doing and what you are not capable of doing mm-hmm. it. Provide yourself proper budgets to be able to purchase mm-hmm. or buy the services of things that maybe you can't handle. Or from a realistic point of view, if you're throwing an event because you would like to have people around you, it kind of defeats the purpose. If you're so busy flitting around and trying right. to cover everything, now you don't even get to enjoy the experience that you spend all this time and energy trying to create. Especially if you're trying to make money off of it or if you just, you know, you may not have a lot. Um, I can't stress this enough. Figure out how many people you want. Say we're going to have 50. And then whatever item it is, divide that by 50 and add a column. So that way you go, well, I always ask, how much do you want to spend per person for your event? Oh, I want to spend, you know, no more than 10. Okay, this limits what you can do, you know. That's a good point. Or 20. Uh, a lot of events, um, a lot of events, uh, um, you know, are like that where people kind of go, you know, people kind of go, um, oh, well, I don't know how much I'm going to spend or what I want and all that. And it's like, well, I don't want to spend more than $1,000. Okay, how many people do you want? Oh, I want 50. Okay, we'll back that out. You know, basic math. <laughs> yeah, and a lot, but a lot of people don't do that. They go, oh, I don't want to spend more than a thousand dollars. You know, and then you do all the math for them. They're like, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that um, I think. Again, you know, the whole, when they say good party planning or good event planning is uh, the key to it is good organization and good prep work. Those are the types of things where you just sit down and you make your list and. And just kind of walk through it. If you've never done an event and you don't have a lot of people that you can really resource out to, sit down and literally go through your mind walking into an event that you've already been to. What have you seen? What did you like? What didn't you like? What feel do you want to have to your event? Mm -hmm. Um, When you're talking about it, it can sound like a lot, but with the way our minds work, it's pretty fast flow. Uh, the, The more people, of course that you have showing up, the more organized you need to be. Oh, yes. Um, you definitely, I would say, if you have more than 25 people showing up, uh, I would get somebody in there to help you the day of mm-hmm. the event. Um, for house parties or events where food is going to be around, uh, it's really easy. You can get teenagers to come in and, and help serve the food. Mm-hmm. You know, trade them for movie tickets or maybe a, there's so many different things. They love uh, opportunities to be a part oh, yeah. of grown-up things or different events. A lot of them, if it's affiliated with like a school, you're putting on a school event or something to help fundraising. A lot of those kids at the high school level and the college level, they are looking for um, experience, it's, helpful. It's, it's the 
volunteer hours. Mm -hmm. So you have tons and tons of resources out there. You're just going to have to think a little bit about what it is you need and then start writing your list of what, who oh, you need, how, where you need help, and then just you know give each person, say, okay, I want you to run the kitchen, and what does that mean? Well, that means that I want you to keep an eye on the appetizers. These are the ones that are served warm. These are the ones yes. that aren't. Um, and try to refresh them like every 20 minutes. And you just kind of walk them through, and you grow from the experience and so do they. It's uh, timing also. Kinda, I call it showtime. So if your event starts at, say, 6.30, be ready to go at 6. You know, get yourself or orchestrated enough. You don't want to be stressing and cooking right to the very last minute because you can't stop and relax because you're in hyper mode. Hyper mode. And when you slow down, you sit there and say, okay, if my event starts at 6.30, I'm going to be done by 5.30 so I can relax, survey the environment, see where everything acts, you know, adjust where your know, plates are. And then uh, every number you do, do plus 10%. And then uh, if you're doing a house party, another suggestion is take your valuables that you don't want broken on accident. Oh, my gosh. Not put just, it away. Not just take your valuables that you don't want broken, but anything that, especially if you're inviting people that maybe you don't know as well or if you're having friends of friends invite. And I'm speaking more to the younger generation than I am the older generation. Right. Um, just because it takes time for people to learn social etiquette and who to invite and who not to invite. Um, I can't even tell you, it's sad to say how many times we've had events where people have just helped themselves oh, to yeah. our things that we have purchased in our life and they walk right out the door with them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, be cautious of who you invite if you're buying into your own home. Um, if you're throwing an event, be careful about what you put on the table. Yes. I decorated <laughs> for an event, brought in all my own stuff, um, decorated the VIP tables to make them look special. The VIP tables had swag bags. Mm -hmm. They were told what the swag was. Um, and they still tried to take the table decorations. I was blown away. Oh, yeah. I was I was dumbstruck. I mean, there isn't enough words for what I was. <laughs> and these are full-grown, functioning, over 30 adults. I mean, you know, 30-year-old adults. These are people who should know better. So They should, but sometimes they don't. So, And that's, you know, important to kind of know what you're putting out there. And, um, and then trash, you know, kind of know where it's at. You know, it's always good uh, to have friends that help out. Friends will always volunteer, mostly. Uh, I'm going to go into uh, the drinking aspect. They, there's graphs and things you can figure out. It's like, oh, you have 10 people times 4 divided by 2 and all that. That's all fine and dandy, but if you have a bottle of whiskey, you're going to have that one friend that might drink a little too much. Be prepared. You know, Have a backup plan. You know, I know I do. If I have a party at my house, it's like, okay, have a blanket and a pillow. Yeah. If I have a major event, I have a taxi cab. Well, and the other thing I always recommend, too, if you have, again, if you have some, but something right around oh. 20, 25 people. Have somebody manning the bar for you. Um, Definitely. I've had somebody do excellent. that and, and try to have somebody who has a little bit of experience so that they can gauge. Uh, as people get intoxicated, you can get slower and slower with your delivery and your mixing of drinks and they won't notice and you can help them to regulate. And it regulates Always how, have water out. Yeah, your surplus. <laughs> also regulate your surplus of what you have because I guarantee you, you can go through alcohol quickly if no one's monitoring it. Yeah. And water too. Water, I mean, you can go to QFC and get the 24-pack for like $3 a bottle of water. Uh, oh, one other thing I do want to stress, and you, you may not be a restaurant, you may not be a bar, but if you have a party at yourself or an event and you see someone drunk and everybody knows you see them drunk and you let them drive, you're oh. just at fault. Yeah. I hate saying that. Well, you're Debbie red. Downer it here. Can come, it can come back to bite you. It's like, you knew I was drunk. Let me drink. Uh, it's a red line, but, you know, you don't need that hassle. Don't need to call a lawyer. Don't need to do that. Just kind of nope. 
be be aware. If your friend starts drinking too much, you know, you know. That's why I always recommend don't drink at your own event unless you know your friend. There's a difference between yeah. a house party and an event. Yeah, most definitely. I would definitely agree with that. If they drink too much, pull them aside, get their friend. Do everything that you can do. Uh, granted, this is where the safe. line is. Uh, I heard from a lawyer friend. If you, I'm not a lawyer. Don't pretend to be. So contact your own lawyer. But my lawyer had said that if you do everything possible, and they still drive, then you've got yourself covered. It's when you're like, ah, he'll be fine. Shake it off. Exactly. Tap the water. Don't do that. So we're drinking some girly girl um, wine, which I we just love. They're very fabulous. The Pinot Gris, the 2011. Uh, they're out there in Woodenville. She's all over the place right now. I'm she playing. is. She was at the Fifty Shades of Grey, and yes. this Pinot was what they made the Naughty Girl Spritzer with. Yes, I saw that. Very much fun. We have our live caller calling Ooh, in. Yay. I'm going to go ahead and grab the call. Let's see if I can remember how to do this without messing it up. Hello, caller. This is LB Duchess. You've called into Socially Savvy. This is Tracy. Hey, Tracy. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? We are fantabulous. You have got to be exhausted after this last week's <laughs> event. Yeah, my workout weekend. I slept into like 10 o'clock today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it was worth it, though, right? Oh, it was so worth it. It was so much fun. I have to tell you, you know, we're, we were just talking about events and, and how to make successful events happen. And there's always things that go down, but... Oh my gosh, people had so much fun. There was so much anticipation for this event. And with the different rooms and the way you had it set up, it just created this really fun, lively, and edgy, just a little edgy uh, atmosphere for something that Seattle doesn't normally see. Yeah, the St. Andrews, the, the red the red room definitely was edgy. But I was surprised, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was surprised how much audience participation there was. I was too. Um, the thing, the other thing that surprised me was um, how uh, how do I say this? Into it, people got. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, so why don't you describe yeah, a little bit about some, your event? Uh, there's some that there's some incriminating evidence around there um, of a few people, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, and I know yes. the pictures have Could kind of rivaled. Yes, no, and I have those pictures still. <laughs> <laughs> so you have lots of good blackmail. Um, I, I do. I have some great blackmail yeah. that I'm going to sit on for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> so having thrown as many fabulously successful events as you have, um, you know, you've done a lot with your chick chat and the smaller events that are very much intimate, really bringing women together, empowering them um, philanthropically, enriching their minds. But uh, besides that, this is the second um, venue-style party where you have thrown uh, that has gotten so much attention. And, you know, we're talking a few hundred people here. Um, And your next one coming up, which is, of course, the Venetian Ball, um, Venice's Thinking Ball, was kind of, I think, where you pulled a lot of your information and stuff from what you've done in the past. But uh, give our listeners a little bit of information on, you know, throwing these successful events. You know, what is it that you look for to grab people's attention to be able to get, you know, two, three, four hundred people to show up to an event? Um, Well, in terms of creating an event, I mean, I just, create an event that I would want to go to, I guess, and uh, maybe that's what everybody does who who creates events and throws them, but um, 
I don't want to just go to another party where it's just, you know, a big room and a DJ, you know. So I really, maybe it's because I'm a little, you know, ADD. I don't know. I like to have a bunch of different things going on. And <laughs> so, because, uh, you know, anybody can have, you know, rent a big space and have a DJ and tell people to dress up and have a bar. That's just, you know, nothing new. That's and I really love Halloween. I just really love thematic parties for some reason. Oh, my God, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's fun to kind of be somebody a little different, right? I mean, you know, we all work hard and, you know, some of us have families and, you know, it's just nice to kind of dress up, first of all. In Seattle, it's just nice to be able to dress up, but also to kind of be a character for night. And that definitely was what um, Fifty Shades allowed some people to be. And the Venetian Ball, for sure, allows people to, you know, dress up if they want to in full costume and regalia. And, you know, in terms of um, just making it successful, it's really having what I call also like a power circle. And, you know, you and Jason and uh, Socially Savvy are definitely part of that circle. And what that is is just people who um, you can rely on to help you talk it up and promote it. And, you know, in return you know, they get something out of it, too, whether it's free tickets or exposure for their brand. Um, It's just really, I really believe in that collaboration and two-way street kind of thing, and it's been, you know, a blessing for me, and then I'll do it for them in return. And, you know, there's several people that, I mean, we relied on this one blogger, David, who he blogged about it, and, you know, it just really took off, I feel, after that. So I'm very blessed to have met you know, from the Fifty Shades, some people who are kind of, I'd like to consider in my power circle. Yeah, well, and that was one of the things that I noticed, you know, that you had a lot of people who were very supportive, and a lot of the successful events do have that, but um, you have to have something that people want to to promote, and I think that you've always done a really good job of creating that something special. Um, when I was chatting about it with other people, and even after the fact, you know, the the one key thing that really came into play was, this was an event that was edgy. This was something, you know, this was the likes of Se- that Seattle doesn't see all the time. This, uh, with some of the things that you had going on, the entertainment that kind of mulled through the people, it was just a very fun and um, delicious atmosphere, I think is is a good term to use for what was going on that night. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, definitely was thematic based upon the book. And, and there was the belly dancer and the contortionist, you know, they, you know, were not, in the book, but it just helps to create a sexy, you know, alluring atmosphere. And um, the Columbia Tower Club was fantastic to work with. I mean, their staff was wonderful. And, you know, I just really wanted to make it an experience, I guess, you know, so that when when you – there were definitely things that could have gone better, and that usually always hovers around check-in and swag bag. (laughs) <laughs> Check in, swag back, um, and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, from when you checked in and went upstairs and you got the elevator shot and you were supposed to have met, you know, Anna's subconscious and then her inner goddess, and then you go upstairs another floor and, you know, you get the glass of um, Tino Gris and then you go into the party. And the go naughty spritzer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just... I just like to kind of host parties that are kind of a feast for the senses and that aren't, you know, necessarily already done. So, 
Yeah. Well, and one of the things I also wanted to chat about too is when you're doing events and you, you know, you've done so many of them and, and of course, socially savvy has done a lot with the swag bags. Um, and really defining what a swag bag is versus a goodie bag. I mean, for your swag bags, you had Chocolate Shop, you had Girly Girl Wine participating, you had Caudalie, you had Clinique, you had Dior, Chanel, you had all these big, huge, heavy hitters, Art of Shaving, you had Tom Ford. I mean, um, there was just... Yeah. There was just, you know, sponsor after sponsor that um I, I and I only I can't even remember all of the ones that you had. I know I think Wink and um had something in there for lashes and um I mean there was just so well, many great, you, fabulous you, things. I mean that's majority of that is you. I mean I definitely have those brands that I'll go back to time and again, but you know, that's why you're such an integral part um of that piece of what I do if I decide to do that at a party or an event. And when you did the flag back for the Venetian Ball last year, I mean, the way you presented them, you know, it was beautiful. I had people, although there were some issues with people not getting their bags because people were stealing them, but um, love people that. that, you know, were just really impressed and happy and blown away. And it's not, you know, you've been to events, right, where you get this quote-unquote, you know, bag and it's, the goodie bag. you know, bunch of literature and maybe some kind of yeah. beverage or some kind of chip and that's it. And it's like, that's yeah. not exciting. That's not, well, yeah. it's not a swag bag. That's a goodie bag. Goodie bag. <laughs> and you're the one that corrected me on that because I said something about goodie bags. You're like, Tracy, it's a swag bag. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you are so right. Yeah. Nice. Oh, my God. Well, and this is, I guess, this is, you know, part of the fun of collaboration is everybody has their, what they're good at and, and what inspires them and, and like we were talking earlier in the show, is grab those people that are around you who want to be a part of it that have different aspects of the personality that they can add to the event that they can help you with and, and pull you along and um, and make it a successful Rachel. event. Yeah, Rachel, you know, Kim with View Society and Nicole over at Trillium Taylors. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're in Bellevue. Beautiful suits and then View Society, beautiful, really funky clothing and you're going to be talking to our Anna and Christian, I believe, right? Actually, they are calling in right now. We're going to see if we can add them to the conversation right now. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I think they're part of the power circle, right? I couldn't have done that without them. Oh, and they were fabulous. Okay, let's yeah. see if we can add them to the conversation. Okay. Hello, you've called into Socially Savvy. This is LB Duchess. Hi, this is Allie and Carl, formerly known as Christian and Anna. Hello, you guys. Hello. It's so good to hear your voices. <laughs> you too. How are you? Doing fabulous. Do we still have you on the line too, Tracy? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, I love this. Okay. Um, I have yeah. to tell you right now, I love technology. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when it works. Yes, when exactly. it works. Of course. <laughs> so you guys were the Anna and Christian of the night for the Fifty Shades of Grey party. Um, and it was so much fun having you guys come through and bring an aspect of kind of bringing the book into reality. What, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what that experience was for you. Um, I guess I'll, I'll get a start on that. Um, I guess I wasn't really as intimately familiar with the book as, say, Allie is or everybody else's, and I didn't really quite grasp how large of an audience this book has, you know, to really realize how <laughs> yeah. big of a phenomenon it is. And um to able to to be able to, you know, come and play Christian for 
uh, one of the largest selling books in the world in the city where it's located in the tower that is set it on the top floor. It's pretty it's a unique experience and it's pretty honoring to be that and you know, to think out into the rest of the history that hey I'm, I'm I did Christian this. for that event. That was pretty fun. It's a, it's an honor and experience. I love it. Yeah. What I thought what I felt was so kind of just beautiful about the event and the book series is that each reader has almost, like you said, individually personified an idea of who they thought Anna and Christian might be. So when readers met Carl and I portraying these characters that they've already gotten to know so intimately through the books, they kind of felt like they instantly knew us as people. Yeah. And so what not a lot of people know is that Carl and I are actually a couple. So it was really neat to use our own chemistry to kind of give life to these characters. So it was a really unexpected surprise to see how the party goers got excited after seeing our photos, which kind of gave them a, a feeling of a missing piece of the puzzle by giving a face to what are now household names of Anna and Christian. I know, and you guys were like, I mean, some of the photos I was like, wow. And then I didn't realize until I was interviewing you at the event that you guys were a couple. So it really did. And I don't know if that was intentional, um, Tracy. I don't know if you searched them out as a couple, but you did a phenomenal job. Well, they did a beautiful job. And because they are a couple, you know, a really great actor and actress, obviously, which – you know, where they are and modeled as well, should be able to do that. But they were discovered by um, Jessica Burns of Great Horse PR, who, who did a fabulous job promoting the event and who I really give a great deal of um, kudos, kudos to in terms of making it a success that it was. And when I said I wanted to originally have an Anna and a Carl, I mean, and a Carl and a Christian <laughs> act out <laughs> from the book, and then she goes, well, I know this this hottie friend of mine who's an actor. I think she'd be great, Christian. And oh um, I was a little nervous about who I had kind of chosen as Anna, and then she had to back out, I really, only because I thought she was too tall. Uh-huh. And then um, Jessica said, well, his girlfriend's gorgeous, and I think she'd be a good Anna. And I was like, okay, show, show me pictures. And then it was, you know, a done deal. And they just came across in those photos, which Eric Rust Photography did a beautiful job. And, you know, they just look amazing in the photos. And the photo montage and the story that they put together and which were projected, you know, at the event, I think just, like you said, Allie, added a lot. And people could see you in that photo spread because we did a teaser, you know, on the Facebook fan page and then being able to see them there in the flesh and with the Audis. And, you know, it's just a really fun part of the evening. It really was. And, and, you know, I wanted to point something out that you did that I thought really did kind of help and build, continue building for the event, is you did a teaser. When you're talking about that many people and trying to make sure that you have a sold-out event, I thought that your idea of a teaser was absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you. And by the time we did that, it had already been sold out for about a month, but we still wanted to do it just because, you know, Anna and Christian, like Carl said, are this, you know, love. Exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Well, one of the things, and and, uh, like I said, I got a chance to interview our Anna and Christian, and we were chatting a little bit about how I felt that the book really points out the dramatic differences between how differently men men and women can think. Um, 
and we chat a little bit about this, but how do you think that this this helps us? How do you think that this awareness that this book has brought, and especially having played the characters, how do you think this helps us as a society? Well, I guess I'll start, and I'll maybe kind of just answer that more on the women's side of the question. I know I have witnessed a lot of my female friends express interest in a guy who is sensitive and thoughtful and caring, but on the same flip of that coin, I've also heard them say, well, you know, I want him to be stronger in the bedroom, which kind of gives them mixed signals. And I've seen that the word submissive is kind of maybe a a taboo or a bad word in our culture. When a woman desires this type of behavior, it can also leave her confused. So what I love, just love about the book is that it highlights and almost kind of honors these differences of need between the sexes. And it kind of taps into the primal roles that a woman and a man have maybe held through evolutionary history. So the story itself of Anna and Christian kind of gives a woman the green light if her innate response towards a man who maybe presents himself as an alpha is one of pleasure. So I think the author just allows women and men to be a little more honest about their differences by reading the story, and I'm hoping that that allows us to kind of embrace these differences more freely in the future. I would agree, too, because I know, again, when we were chatting about it, one of the things I think our society has done has kind of like, um, what do I want to say? It's dumbed, not dumbed down, but it's distilled. It's like adding water to vodka. It's just really tried to uh, soften these differences, and fundamentally they are there. So how do you deal with them? And taking starting the book off in this, this just dramatic extreme and showing that through the progress of developing a relationship that you can find common ground and in, in that a relationship at its core is really about serving one another and trying to find that balance and that compromise to make a successful relationship between two completely different physiological creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think to... I'll... Oh, go ahead. I, I agree with what everybody's saying there where, you know, coming from the, the man perspective that, you know, you have kind of lost, we have disconnect with, you know, what does it mean to be a man in today's society? You know, can you still be um, the warrior, the fighter, the leader, um, and still be at the same time the lover? You know, I think that this book near the end of the book kind of ties the two together where it's like, yeah, here's an example of what it is like to be, you know, the ultimate man figure where you're in charge, you're still the leader, you're still, you know, what generally, you know, the, the core of a man is, and at the same time, you still have this absolute love, and it's telling everybody, hey, it's okay to be both, to exactly. have that tender side, the soft side, right. and the hard side, the, you know, the historically egotistical man side. <laughs> I like that, the way you said that, the historically egotistical male side. <laughs> So, okay, so you guys got to peruse and enjoy the entire evening, and I'm going to ask Tracy the same question. Um, what was your favorite part of the evening, all of you guys? Oh, man, I'd have to say I'm a car freak. Um, <laughs> I have an Audi of my own, so it was great that, you know, University Audi was able to come in and provide some cars that I could go around and play on and uh, experience and, you know, just sit in and dream about what I'm going to be driving in a couple of years anyway, so... That oh, was a pretty that. cool experience. Yeah. It was just amazing to me to see Tracy's dream come to life. And she really tapped into something that Seattle's been wanting because 
that was a, quite a turnout. And I can say is Seattle cleans up well. There was some yes, beautiful clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the dress I was sponsored in by Youth Society was just stunning. And it was just nice to see all of the partygoers kind of take off their rain jackets in favor of their party gear. What I also thought was really, really neat about the party was kind of an instant sense of community amongst the readers. So we saw people come in as far as Australia, I believe, to the party, yet instantly have something in common to the stranger to their left just through this book series. Oh, wow. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, and thanks for saying that, Allie, in terms of, I mean, I did have a very, and every time I read more of the book, because I actually hadn't even read the book when I first decided to have the party, and then as I read more of it, I just got more and more ideas, and, you know, having the different rooms and, you know, um, Allie and Carl portray Anna and Christian, and this, the look-alike contest I thought was really fun. Um, you know, whenever you throw a party, you don't really have as much fun as the people that attend the party. So <laughs> I guess what was the, the most fun for me was just seeing people having fun and then getting a lot of emails and posts on the Facebook page just about how much fun and how much people did enjoy it. Yeah. So that, you know, that's what made me feel good. I found myself flitting all over the place, and it was fun to see that a lot of people that I knew, but a lot of people that I didn't know, um, what I found the most intriguing in the evening was the aspect that the Red Room brought. And oh, yeah. um, who that was Toyland, Babes of Toyland, or who, who I can't remember they, the exact. They're, they're, they call themselves Babeland now. Babeland. Um, and they're, yeah, they're a fantastic adult toy store on Castle Hill, and the staff is wonderful. And they just make you feel really comfortable to talk about sex and inquire about sex. And I actually heard a gentleman, I didn't remember, I didn't look to see it was, but he was thanking somebody. Is either the, the St. Andrew's Cross was brought in by um, the Center for Sex Positive Culture. That was, that right there was insane in how it created an interaction with people. Yeah, yeah. And people were really, I, I did. I, I thought people would be much more timid about that. But every, I mean, there's friends of mine, and they said, oh, we just hung out in the red room the whole night. And, oh, yeah, well, know, after a few naughty spritzers, I think it was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, girly girl. Yeah, the girly girl and the St. Germain and Grey Goose drinks definitely helped loosen some people's inhibition. But, and you chocolate shop, too. And chocolate shop. They yeah, have that I mean, naughty, you know, they give you that naughty, ooh, you know, I've had some chocolate. It's time to be naughty. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I was, all, it was often fun and good taste. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody felt intimidated there. You could be a voyeur and just kind of hang out and laugh with people. Or you could. It was in good taste. It was. It was very well done. It was in very good taste. I got to interview two of them. Um, those interviews were doing a whole Fifty Shades of Grey interviews um, show. It's going to be launching on, I believe it's Christmas Eve. It's that Monday just before Christmas. And um, got some great interviews and some awesome um, interactions with some of these people. But, you know, the core of it was everybody had a really good time. Um, and I think that I'll, everybody got something from it. Uh, so my last question would be, what do you feel that you got from the experience that didn't that you didn't see coming that you weren't expecting? Who do you want to go first? Whoever <laughs> wants to jump in. <laughs> I guess I didn't expect it to influence and impact 
my personal relationship with Carl as much as it did in such a positive light. Like I said, you know, the book series really gets women and men thinking kind of about who they are, what their roles are, and how can you redefine those. Do they have to be static? Can they be free-moving? And, you know, Carl and I really got a chance to kind of talk about some of those things. And it was it was just it was incredible to have a chance to, you know, like I said, you know, make these household names kind of come to life and at the same time kind of redefine um, our relationship in such a positive light. So I guess I didn't expect to, to really for it to hit home so personally as much as it did. Yeah, you know what I find so interesting is none of us had read the book. <laughs> really? Well, I think almost every one of us who were who oh, yeah. were involved in some way, Tracy calls me and she goes, I need some ideas. I'm like, I haven't read the book. She goes, well, shit, I haven't read the book either. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all frantically trying to get our hands on the book yeah. and read it so that we can, you know, absorb, just like you're saying, just really grasp the, the basic ideas. But, oh, my God, I love that. What well, about and, you? And, are, and I, and I online. What you was what? that? Oh, I said those, those Cliff Notes versions online. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, I have that. read it now, but you're right. You could just research it and find out what you needed to know. There's so many websites and fan pages and Pinterest boards and, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't know if there's anything, I guess, you know, when you throw an event, you never know um, if it's going to be successful or not. It's like, you know, throwing a party and is anybody going to come? I mean, so you know that you sold tickets. But then, actually, what I was worried about, I might have even said it to Allie and Carl when we were doing the photo shoot, I don't know, but, like, okay, there's a lot of buzz about this party, and there's a lot of talk, and there's a lot of, I can't get in, I really want a ticket, you know, I'll pay you double. And, like, yeah, my better, <laughs> I have to do a good party now. So, I guess, not that I was surprised, but you know how to give a good party, but you just never know, you know, because everybody's different. So, I guess. That's very true. That's nice to show mm-hmm. that I could put something together that I haven't put together before and have so many different people be an integral part of it, including Allie and Carl and Jessica with Grey Horse and Trillium and View and Eric Russ Photography. And, you know, it, just, it, it does really take a village. And it, in, this, in this sense, it came off, I think, fabulous. pretty fabulous. Yeah, for the most part. It did. Carl and I had a chance to talk with some people and kind of network throughout the night, and then we had a conversation with one gentleman who said this is the best party he's ever been to, and how can he sign up for more? And <laughs> what I think he and I were talking about is that it was really nice to see Seattleites and other guests just be really honest, because it kind of gave them the ability to talk about things that maybe they, they don't talk about so freely. And Especially I think in the Northwest. Connections, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think those honest connections and conversations that finally were being unheard really got people kind of... I, almost addicted to this idea. So yeah. you, you definitely have some more, some more followers for your next parties. Love it. Well, so, yeah. Carl, what, what did you feel that you got from this experience that you didn't see coming? You know, I guess um, for me it really showed on a party aspect how, you know, there's a huge untapped market out there for this kind of thing. I mean, I don't really know many big high-end soirees or parties in the Northwest in, in general, and then the fact that, you know, it's the Fifty Shades Grey Party. It's just a huge untapped market that I never even knew was out there. Um, so that's. I, I think there's a lot of those out there. <laughs> yeah, you might get more um, more gigs out of it, Carl. Yeah, never no know. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, not a bad gig to be into. <laughs> exactly. 
So, Tracy, talking about, you know, events like this and people being interested, I know that um, with your successful events, one of them that has been very successful the last um, several years has been the Venice's Thinking event. And tonight we're announcing a contest for this particular event. Um, You have given us two tickets to give away to this spectacular event. Um, And so we were just going to let our listeners know how to win. They need to go to our Socially Savvy page and share the Venice's Thinking event um, on their individual pages and comment that you listen to it on Socially Savvy at Blog Talk Radio. So we're going to be giving away those tickets next Monday, so you have a full week to listen to the show, either live or um, having been recorded, and do that so that you have a shot at this next big event, which I am forecasting is probably going to sell out pretty soon. <laughs> probably. Uh, that's you're pretty soon. Yeah. Cre- we're going to a much bigger venue this time. We're going to go to the Bell Harbor Conference Center, which will allow us to almost double the size. Awesome. It's typically about 500, and we can fit 1,000. So, um, but it is a hot ticket, and you know, it's 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 a chance for your listeners to get, you know, seventy five dollar, you know, two seventy five dollar tickets, and on top of that, just have a really great time. I mean, you've been there, and you know, maybe Allie and Carl will come up for this one too. But it's just, it's I'm really so excited. I was going to ask, do we get to have a special <laughs> appearance? <laughs> maybe Anna and Chris <laughs> will bless us with their attendance again. I think that would be fabulous. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> So, yeah, well, you guys they, will, they can get ahead. information at CarnivalSeattle.com. Um, it has not yet been updated with the 2013 information, but it is Saturday, February 9th at the Bell Harbor Conference Center at 8 p.m. Nice. Well, we are very, very excited to, again, you know, help and support and be a part of that. Um, I know that in the years past it has been, again, you know, nothing less than spectacular and fun. And um, especially for Seattleites to be able to get out and get dressed. I have been talking with my makeup artist for the last three months on what kind of a mask she's going to paint on me this year. Yes, I know. It's <laughs> a very fun of it. Well, you guys, thank you so much for calling in and being a part of the show. And um, really look forward to hopefully seeing you guys in the future at some very fun um, creative events. I know that there's some talk in um, the background. It's kind of more of a, well, shall we do it, shall we not, with a sister event. So we will keep all of our listeners in tune for that. And uh, there, there's your little teaser. <laughs> I love it. Well, well thank you for having us. And I know it won't be long before we see you guys again. I'm looking forward to it. Love it. Thank you so much for being a part yeah. of the show. Thanks, Kathy and Jason. Thanks, okay. Ellie and Carl. Take care. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Tracy. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. All right. Later, baby. Later. Hi, right, guys. Later, baby. Just want to uh, let everybody know about Girly Girl Wines, a woman's wine company designed to serve women who are young at heart and enjoy their girl time in their daily life. Girly Girl Wines donates a part of their proceeds to help fund breast cancer uh, research. Check them out at www.girlywines.com. Love and that. And that's the next wine we're tasting now. Again, yes, I love that. We had a call in, so we had to take a break. So yes, we did. <laughs> it's very lovely wine, 2011. Uh, very easy drinking, easy palate. We love that wine here. So we love the callers to call in. Thank you, Tracy and and uh, Allison and Carl. Yes. Um, the this this wine, like we were talking about earlier, they did a naughty spritzer with it, which was fantastic. It had for lime the in. Did it have lime in it? It had. I can't even remember. I was having way too much fun to remember the recipe. I'm going to be, I have interviews with Karen, so all of that will be revealed that means in you have to get the show. In. Yes, you're going to have back. to listen in because it was, I have to tell you, the interviews that we did for the show, 
um, at the event were so much fun. They were edgy. They were naughty. And we were talking about some things that, you know, how I get a little squeamish about yeah. some of those, you know, talking about, yeah, certain things. So it was it was a great, great fun event. So it looking was. forward to, to posting those. We're going to be editing. And those will be launched, like I said, the um, Monday before Christmas, which I believe right. is like two days before Christmas. Yes. So, uh, yes. Okay. So let's. Finish off here. We have got, of course, our socially savvy, acceptable, and unacceptable. Um, my socially savvy, acceptable is that um, it's socially acceptable to stick to and insist that people comply with any theme you have outlined in an event. Very acceptable. Um, this last event that Tracy had put on, this Fifty Shades of uh, Grey, you know, taken off after the book itself. I can't tell you how important it was for the ambiance. Mm-hmm. that people followed through with this. Um, I don't know that Tracy would have turned anyone away at the door, but had it been my event, if somebody had showed up in jeans and stuff, I would have because the attire was such a key component in yes. the feel of the event and what was going on. Um, she said masks were optional, which was great because some people were in masks, some people weren't. I had brought one and after a few minutes took it off just because I was trying to do interviews and stuff like that. But uh I really want to emphasize to people because I hear so often they're like, oh, do I have to wear a costume? Oh, do I have to wear red? Oh, do I have to wear white? I I don't even have the words to try to say it nice, so I'm just going to say it. Why do you have to fight something that somebody's requesting? I don't know. A lot of times people put it on there and it says costume is required. They, they have to say that. You know? Yeah. It makes you wonder if those are the same people that take their hair dryer in the, in the shower until they and read zap the things. Like, oh, Damn, that's right. I that's right. I'm supposed to read the thing that says don't zap myself. So it is socially acceptable to stand up for yourself when you put that in your invite. Um, I can tell you there's some heavy hitters in the area. There's a white party mm-hmm. that goes on every year, and uh, they do a fabulous job. They turned a couple people away this year. And mm-hmm. there were some people who were really upset about it, but the bottom line is it said wear white. Yes. Um, and... You know, it's not asking too much for you. If somebody invites you to something, um, it's not asking too much for you to uh, at least, you know, be a part of the event, be a proper part of the event. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, supporting uh, Toys for Tots, bringing a wrap toy and uh, Gunner Nursham will deliver to Toys for Tots. Also, a portion of their Disney sales, of their Disney sales, will go towards Toys for Tots. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Leave it to Gunner uh, to be a part of what's going Art on in the of holiday. Disney, December 12th through January 6th. And if it's as much fun as it was for the uh, Dr. Seuss, oh my you got to come see it. The Art of it. Oh, so that's what's going to be opening this month. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Wednesday yeah, the, 12th, the 12th, if you want to come and check out Gunnar Nordstrom's gallery, he's going to have the Art Six of Disney. Eight. Six to eight. Um, this is probably what, why I call Gunners the epicenter of social because mm-hmm. this little gallery will have 100 people come through here easy. And um, his display of artwork is all over the board, which I absolutely adore. There is always something for everybody to really be able to enjoy and um, talk about a, a unique Christmas present. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got all kinds of different things. So that's going to be fun. I'm and so it changes, excited. too. It does. Every month. Yep. Adds new things in. Takes other things out. Speaking of taking out, uh, pop chips. I love pop chips. They're socially savvy favorite. Uh, all natural, healthier. That's pop chips. When they said it couldn't be done, they raised the snack bar. Thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping the fake stuff out. And more than half the fat of fried chips 
as well. With 10 flavors, there's something for everyone, including tortilla chips. Actually, the tortilla chips, the um, corn chips, add a few more flavors. Uh, just a little bit more. Oh, they do? Yes, they do. Mm. I forgot to do my addition. Sorry, folks. You're going to have to get something here. <laughs> I know. That's our next we thing. Our We're going to start the new year, hopefully, with some of the corn chips so we could start talking about those. Those are fun. Um, my socially unacceptable. And, you know, of course, this is my favorite topic. I love telling people when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, it is socially unacceptable to take things from events without very clear details of what you can <sighs> and cannot have. No. Um, let me just define this for you, people. If somebody doesn't hand to you, hand it to you. It is called stealing. Or specifically says in the microphone. Uh, If somebody hands something to you, yay. If it says swag bag, yay. But going around events and taking decorations, um, taking uh, draperies, taking masks, taking display pieces, that is called stealing. Yes. And this is one of the things that I don't understand what is going on with our society where people think that this kind of behavior is okay. But the bottom line is, is if you didn't know that you could take it, then you shouldn't take it. If you took something and it wasn't the swag bag, the stuff within the bag, that's called why it's called the swag bag, then, and you realize, okay, maybe you were a little drunk and you got a little funny and blah, blah, blah. Figure out a way to get it back to the person because mm-hmm. any time you take something from a venue, the person who's holding that event is now held accountable to cover the cost to replace that event. Yes. There are times where things that are stolen are irreplaceable and it can cost event holders a lot of money and you wonder why all the really good events stop happening. Right. So what I'm saying is, is be sure that if you're going to take something, you know it's something that you can take. Um, otherwise, just stop going to events because we'll figure out who you are. Yep. Unless they specifically say in the, the uh, raffle off the centerpieces, which they do do. But they talk it. about it. Yes. They talk about saying, hey, hey we're, you know, if you're number blah, 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 you get to take it. I have gone to events where I have seen uh, the decorations from the middle of the table in their bag. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this entitled? Why do you think that you deserve the decorations on the table? Because it's pretty. Oh, I'm sorry. You paid $35 for a ticket, and you think you should walk out with $150 worth of stuff. Because it's pretty. Oh, Lord. Okay, what about you? You better stop me while I'm ahead. <laughs> What's your socially accept- unacceptable, Jason? Socially unacceptable for events. It is socially unacceptable to push to grab more food and more drinks when it's time to go home. Oh, wow. I like that. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, you know my favorite? Huh. Last call's already been made. Oh, can't I have just one more drink? No. You know, we're talking about a legal issue here, and no, you cannot. Well, a lot of it also is when you plan, like we talked about earlier, about planning for events. is like, yeah, no, we don't have an extra bottle of wine. It's gone. You drank it. We uh, we allotted for 10 to 15% over. And you know what? Here's the joke. is Typically, those are the people who were the babies or who were the nose and just showed up. Mm-hmm. And if I just pushed a button and you're pissed off at me right now, guess what? Fix it. Yep. It's okay I don't to care. say no, but it's not okay to say yes two minutes before the beginning. Well, again, you can say yes, but make sure that you let them know. Again, they mm-hmm. that 10 to 15%, that's why it's there. But if you are part of that 10 to 15%, I think you need to be more gracious than anybody else. That is true. 
With the show no, with the show now going national, we have started pulling our local events onto our Facebook pages because um, we have just limited amounts of time that we can chat online or on the air. So be sure to check them out uh, for our social events if you are happening to listen local throughout the week at LB Duchess and Socially Savvy. And I believe, Jason, you're going to start posting some of those too. Yes, we'll be posting as well. And also look for us on Twitter, hashtag Socially Savvy. I love that you added that. Yes. Well, we do it a lot more now. As we do more and more, it just becomes easier. You know, with the new year, each year we try to do something more and more. I know I do. I know you do. We get lazy, but then we're like, you know, we're going to do more. We can add more. And then we have spouses who ridicule us and point at us and say, ha-ha, do more. They don't ridicule us. They lift us up and then throw us down and say, why didn't you bounce? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you're right. They love us. Hey, that's too much like Fifty Shades of Grey. No, they don't throw you at Fifty Shades of Grey. No, they just beat us. No, I'm just kidding. They... Yeah, they push your limits. We want to thank our sponsors of this show. Um, Chocolate Shop Wines, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Chick Chat Seattle, Venice is Sinking Seattle, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, Seattle Wine Exchange, Valentino Fragrances, Spazo and Redmond, Girly Girl Wines, Daniel Boiler, Kind Bars, Pop Chips, and House Wines. Yep. Ending the show tonight with... A small glass of the Almond Roca Cream. Hazelnut... Flavored, it's very delicious. Um, you're gonna like it. This is something you just have a little sip with. You don't have to go crazy with it. This one is one you would want to pretend like it's a port. Right. Um, it is very dense. I mean, it looks like a cream. Um, but very for delicious. those of you who grew up with almond roca in your Santa stocking or at your Christmas table, this is such a fantastic tribute to it that. Is. In addition to um, everything that we know and love about wine. Yeah, I don't have a bottle of this to uh, just yet to uh, do some experiments. You with, will, but I will. You will. You know, <laughs> you gotta have fun with it. Stay dry. Stay in good cheer. This is the start of a good Christmas season. It is. Everybody, be responsible when you're drinking. Make sure that you are um, appropriately covered for driving, or try to find a place to stay if you find yourself having way too much fun. Taxis are way cheaper than a DUI. Let yep. me just tell you. Um, we want to remind you to like us on our Facebook page, Socially Savvy, to be entered into our drawings for prizes from our savvy sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. We're also going to be doing drawings specifically for those who are subscribed to the show at Blog Talk Radio Show Socially Savvy. So make all the social events that you attend better because you were there. Have a Socially Savvy week. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.